Welcome to the AvGeeks Assemble podcast. Welcome to episode two of season two of the AvGeeks Assemble podcast. Um, this week, joining me from the AvGeeks clan is uh, Ben. How you doing, Ben? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Thank you. How are you? I'm good, mate. I'm good. We're in air show season, so I can't be bad. And this week, uh, just going to introduce our guest for this week. So uh, anyone that's been um, in and around the AvGeek community on either Instagram or Facebook over the last few years has probably come across his work at some point. But we've got with us uh, Rob Griffiths. How are you doing, Rob? Uh, good, then. How are you guys doing? Not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Yeah, not too bad. Thanks, mate. Thanks for asking. So you're joining us from the States in your your, your new home in the uh, northern United States. How, how's things over there? Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's going okay. It's, it's a bit weird not working for the first time since i was like 16 but you know i'm kind of loving it kind of hating it at the same time <laughs> <laughs> take the rough with the smooth mate as they say <laughs> yeah it might be the only chance i get until i get a job and then i won't be able to <laughs> definitely mate definitely well it's good to have you on it's good to have you on just just a, a bit of housekeeping before we get cracking um obviously we say this on and on every episode but uh our opinions are our own. Um, they're not the views of uh, any group that we may represent or, or whatnot. So, and that goes for this podcast as well as any future podcasts. So nice to get that one out of the way. So, um, yeah, over to you, Ben, if you want to get cracking with things. Yeah, Rob. So uh, obviously we've, uh, we've met quite a few times at the fence line and had some, uh, some good laughs. Um, how's uh how did you get into uh, aviation photography and uh, what photography in general? Uh, photography for me goes back to doing it in college uh, as an A-level, um, which much to my dad's uh, <laughs> amusement, because apparently I was always the type to get my fingers and thumbs in front of the lens whenever I was taking pictures as a kid. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'd say my early days weren't, weren't great, <laughs> especially with those little point and shoot uh, 35 mils, you know, where you can easily get a whole hand of the way without realizing it. Um, yep. But yeah, I did that in college. Um, after coming out of college, sort of only really did it for a re-app. Um, and it got to about probably 2016 when I thought to myself, you know, I've got all this kit, really expensive kit as well, and thinking I'm only using it once once a year. By the time I've learned it, re is finished. I'm relearning everything for the next year then. Um, so, I mean, you guys, obviously, a lot of people may have come across uh, the Center of Aviation Photography. Um, I did a workshop with them in 2016, and really, that's probably when my photography really started hitting the ground and going. Um, not long after that, then I joined Full Disc Aviation, similar to AvGeeks, you know, just a group of like-minded people love aviation, love taking photos of aircraft, will go to the ends of the earth to photos <laughs> said aircraft. Um, they asked me to join the group, and yeah, be doing stories, interviews, that sort of thing, uh, pretty much since 2017. Um, and, you know, 
coming into groups like you guys, you know, again, fellow people. And it's it what I like about the community at the moment is just it kind of pushes you to do more when you see people doing different things, you know, like obviously full disc is going for the low shutter speed. And you see we've we me and you have done, you know, shooting at low shutter speeds at Duxford, seeing what we could get and ruin at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. More like um, it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> I've never been so many shots in my life. <laughs> but it's all it's all good fun at the end of the day, you know. I think probably, especially after sort of coronavirus and COVID, you start really appreciating what's what's out there. So I did like Shuttleworth for the first time, and I know you've done it recently as well. And it's just one of those things that, that I mean, aviation has always been there for me since I was a kid. Um, my parents took me to St. Athens uh, at the age of like 18 months, and apparently I enjoyed it so much they kept going back and forth every year. That progressed then into RIAT or International Air Tattoo before it got the Royal Ascent back in 93, which was a weird introduction when those two MiGs crashed. Uh, oh, <laughs> normally no. put people off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we ended up, I think we only missed 94 and then 97, but at least me and my dad have been going every year since. Um, little did I know, 2019 was actually going to be my last, last year actually going to it with the subsequent cancellations. Yeah, it's um, it's been a bit of a, a weird couple of years, hasn't it, for um, for any fans of air shows or any any live entertainment of any mm. sort, really, hasn't it? And we don't want to dwell on it for too long, but I mean, I suppose now we're uh, into what's looking like a normal year. Hopefully, mm. we can uh, all enjoy what's uh, what we've missed over the last couple of years. But I just wanted to touch on one thing that you said there, um, mm-hmm. Rob, was just about obviously doing it at college, um, doing it as an A level. Obviously, yeah. that's um, that's not something that's um, readily available in every school or, or sixth form or, or college, as it were. So, uh, what what? How did that come about? Was that something that was uh, readily available at your school or your sixth form, or did you have to go seek that out, or how did that work? Not so much seek it out. Um, so, Neath Batalva College, which was the one I went to, um, sort of went. I knew I was doing history. I knew I was doing geography, and I was sort of looking for a third one. And I used to do art in comprehensive school. So, you know, it's it was something that had like an art output. So it was just something that sort of progressed from there. I mean, I've lost the way to do art at the moment. I used to draw a lot of aviation stuff. I was looking at my um, GCSE stuff and it was all like tornadoes, F-86 sabers and that, drawing them. Oh, there is no way good. I could do that now. Yeah, I, I could, couldn't do it now. I haven't got the patience for a start. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, it's just one of those things that sort of progressed. I think I can't even remember how I ended up going into the photography department to, to sort of check it out on an open day. Um, but yeah, it was just one of those things that sort of just happened. Um, and it, it's not like I started off in digital either. I ended up starting with uh, 35 millimeter. So that was learn to develop your own film, doing it completely manually because I had a AE1 Canon. So yeah, manual focus making sure you got the settings all right. Can't change the ISO because that's on the film. <laughs> it's it's vastly <laughs> yeah. different from uh, digital. But it's one of those things, if you can do it in film, you can do it in digital easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think obviously, uh, over the, the last couple of decades or so, the, the transition from film to, to digital has, has lowered the barrier of, of entry for a lot of people, hasn't it, into photography? Mm-hmm. And I think... Yeah. Um, 
the word patience that you just used about about the art side of things is that obviously plays a massive part when it comes to film photography, doesn't it? Because I, I think yeah. I think if if digital didn't exist now, I don't think I would be into photography as much as I am. But and yeah. that's probably some people might scoff at that a little bit. But I just when you've got limited amount of time for a hobby, I think <laughs> the thought of having to go to a dark room or have a dark room in your house. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. barely get enough room in my house for myself, let alone a dark room. So <laughs> Yeah, I mean ultimately a dark room would be great, but at the moment I just pay people to develop my films for me. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah, I mean there, there is that, yeah, definitely. But they're they're becoming fewer and further between now, aren't they, film processing uh, companies where they used to be on every street corner at one point. I mean, yeah, I mean, you can still find them. And I think film photography is getting a bit of a resurgence, not necessarily like in sports or uh, aviation photography, but especially in sort of like street photography or people who just want to get back to something a bit more simplistic. You know? I, yeah. I'll admit it. I look at my 5D Mark IV and there's a lot of sets in there I never touch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. I think I think we're all like that with our cameras. There's some menus that we just every time we scroll through the menus, yeah, I don't need that. Don't need that. I don't know what that is. Yep. I don't know that. Yeah. <laughs> not not going to touch that because I don't know what it's going to do. Yeah, I don't know if I'll break the camera if I press that button. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, exactly. all, we'll all admit it. We'll all admit it. But oh yeah, no, as long it's... as you know what to do with the you know, shutter, ISO, aperture, and all that, you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it. Understanding that triangle is the basics, isn't it? And if you can if you can nail that down and 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 get that sort of uh susting your mind then you, you're on to a winner aren't you but you, you obviously you say about um a, a, a film resurgence obviously you've yourself as uh you've been taking some shots with uh i think is it a y- yashika is that the way yes yeah, so, yeah it's the yashika d which is a sort of think early 60s what they call a, a twin lens reflex um it's not something I use flying aircraft. I've got to be honest, because because <laughs> uh, with a viewfinder you're looking down, everything's sort of reversed. So if you go right, the image goes left. It's really <laughs> and it it completely screws with your head when you try so to sort of pan pan, panning is not an option then. <laughs> I've I've panned a P fifty one at Duxford taxi in, but that was about it, <laughs> and it, and it went horribly. <laughs> definitely won't be taking that one up to the Matt Loop or uh, Star Wars no, Canyon for a flash <laughs> by an F eighteen or something. <laughs> we just we just we just say it's intentional camera movement, <laughs> a bit of ICM yeah, adds to the uh, dramatic effect. That's it. <laughs> but now, how's how's that going for you? I mean, obviously, you're you're trying to introduce that into your um, photography and and. Obviously, some of the shots that you've got that are off, just off the top of my head. Obviously, at the uh, the things like the the night shoots and things, or the ones with uh, reenactors. There's honestly some of the best photos I've seen from you, to be honest. And, and uh, they're, yeah, they're really great. They're some of the sharpest images I've taken as well, which is weird. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not exactly the one that you've seen. Anyone who sort of follows me on Instagram has probably seen the two reenactors in Bristol Blenheim at Duxford as well, and. Yeah. In all honesty, that mm. for two weeks I agonized over that photo because as soon as I took it and I looked at the settings, I thought I'd screwed it up. <laughs> um, and of course, between se- finishing the film off, sending it off for development, getting it back in the back of my head, I was like, "Oh crap! Is my you know is my shutter speed too high? Is it going to be really dark? Is the aperture going to be crap? That it's not going to let in enough light?" 
and I agonized and agonized and agonized. And I got to be honest, out of the 12 photos I took in that film role, that was probably the the one that I was most like anxious over. Um, <laughs> but, I'll tell you something, yeah, it's, it's one shot I do love of yours. I've, like, when I first seen you post it on Instagram, I just looked at it and I was just like, there was just something about it that just gave off a vibe. It was just, oh, yes, it was great. Yeah, and it, you know, I got to give it to the, the reenactors because you know the research that they put in for mm. you know the kit that they buy is so expensive. And you know, all right, fair enough. They were taking selfies in in the cockpit when I stuck my head through the little crew hatch. And as soon as they <laughs> saw me with the camera, the phone disappeared, and they acted like they were you know flying the bloody thing. And I thought this is just incredible. So I got to yeah. give it to them because like. Without them, that image wouldn't have been possible. You know, the the hours of painstaking research that they must do, mm. um, and to be able to just shut off that technology barrier, if, if you will, that they can just go right. We need to look proper. Let's get rid of anything mm. that's not period. And, you know, get on with it. But uh, unfortunately, I never got their names because um, I didn't want to get in the way because they were taking photos as well with their group. I didn't want to get in the way of them. I just asked if I could take the photo. They said, go ahead. Um, so I stuck my head through the crew, crew hatch, lined it up, uh, focused the shot as quickly as I could, and snapped that. I think it was like the last frame of that of that <laughs> film as well. Um, and it was sort of a, I suppose, Hail Mary, really, if you, if you will, because <laughs> I didn't really check much in regards to uh, shutter speed and aperture. So, yeah, thankfully, it, it came out all right. Um, I just wish I knew who the guys were because I'd, I'd love to give them a print or even give them a copy of it. But yeah, I'm sure know. I'm sure that through <laughs> uh, through the power of social media and possibly somebody listening to this podcast, that we might be able to find them. Um, there's, yeah, uh, hopefully. So yeah, obviously that's that for me is one of uh, my favourite images of yours. But obviously you shed in a light on uh, a different side of of photography that not a lot of people sort of see or understand or. In this day and age, anyway, the, the the thought of waiting two weeks for an image to come back is is was it's alien to most of us. So uh, it's uh, yeah, it's I mean, I'm, I'm going to show my age now because I remember as a kid having to send off these films, you know. And <laughs> uh, I mean, you guys are a similar age, so I, I don't know if you remember the sort of little packs that you could get from service stations that you used to steal because it was like free post and <laughs> and whatnot. So you'd have like a bundle of them going. And what the little be. true pl- true print envelopes, them sort of things. That's the one yeah. true print. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, I got, I still got a lot of those images as well. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's and to be honest, with you, I mean, going back to film, I didn't. Need, I started off back with the Canon A one that I used in college because I never got rid of it, um, and that was gifted to me off my uncle, uh, who was a professional photographer for weddings back in the. So in the 90s, he'd split, gone over to digital as soon as it sort of came out. And we were visiting him one day before going over to France. And he was like, oh, by the way, I've got this Canon that you can have and um, a Nikon for your brother. So <laughs> the whole Nikon Canon thing goes goes deep in the family. You know, I always rip my brother about it. But <laughs> you ended um, up with this prize Canon and he got this Nikon. <laughs> yeah, and to be honest with you, that's, that would be the only reason why I ended up with Canon, really. Because you know you get you get one thing if you get given it you're gonna carry kind of carry on with that brand. Mm. Um, you know I must say my brother he's nicked on all the way. He may have gone over to Fuji but I can't remember. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that sort of resurgence in in the film actually I I can sort of give to one person that's Oliver Stevenson, a young guy that I met in Duxford. Yeah. Um, 
and he does a lot with sort of film uh, photography. Uh, he sort of rekindled that sort of want to try something a bit simple. Yeah. Um, simple in as there's not as much to do as he's doing digital. Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, if it wasn't for him, uh, you know, he's, I think he was only 16 when I met him. And, you know, he was, the work that he was producing on film was just spectacular. So it was just something that sort of sparked something in me. And I thought, you know what, I've still got a 35 mil. I'll go for that. And of course, that leads into you looking on Facebook Marketplace. Oh, there's a nice camera. I wouldn't like one of those. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, it's just a black hole for fear cash, unfortunately. Well, yeah, I mean, no one said that the uh, the hobby that is photography is a cheap hobby, is it? <laughs> I don't no, think exactly. It never has been, never will be, unfortunately. But um, <laughs> but no, I mean, uh, Oliver's work that you mentioned, yeah, his uh, his Instagram grid is uh, one of the best around. And yeah. uh, he really comes out with some really amazing images um, with his film work on uh, from from Duxford especially. He's, uh, yeah. he's done some great stuff there. So yeah, um, just what, one of the other things that you you mentioned um, when we introduced you was just about uh, full disc aviation. Now, I, I've been a long time listener to their podcast uh, and obviously followed the work and whatnot. They're even nice enough to uh, publish a couple of my shots on on the website uh, last year or the year before, possibly. Um, when they did a, a piece on low-level aviation, which was uh, always nice of them. How, how did uh, how did that come about? Was that just through social media, or did you meet someone? Or yeah, so through the power of social media, as you said earlier on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so Foldisk Aviation was set up in 2017, um, before I even knew about it, um, by a group of like-minded guys. You know. Everyone's into aviation. They want to, you know, talk about that hobby, that interest, that love and passion. Um, writing stories, reviewing sort of air shows, doing interviews. Um, and they approached me in 2017 after I'd gone to Greece uh, the uh, Recon Phantoms uh, retirement, and they asked me to do a piece uh, for for them. Um, bearing in mind, I'd never written anything like this. In my entire life so I was at a complete <laughs> loss what I was going to write about um, and I still get that sort of anxiety by just waffling on in my, my writings I'm probably <laughs> waffling on on this podcast as well but there you go <laughs> but yeah I did that and probably about six months after that they were like oh, we've got an opening uh, would you like to join us as the sort of UK rep almost um, and I was like yeah absolutely I'd love to do it um, so joined them from that um, and I've done quite a few stories for them, everything from air shows uh, up to, again, sort of low-level stuff. Go uh, air-to-air, well, my first air-to-air, first and only air-to-air, you should say, um, that sort of thing. Um, and an interview, actually, with someone who I actually got a photo taken with um, back when I was, like, 11 years old. I ended up bumping into him as randomly through my previous work. Um, yeah, it's sort of just gone on from there. COVID as everything has sort of put a hold on a lot of the work that we've done. <laughs> so yeah. hopefully 2022, we'll start rolling ball again on that one and uh, getting things put out. But yeah, it's it's a great group of guys. They're all really friendly, really helpful. And to be honest, with you, they're the ones who pushed me for that sort of low shutter speed uh, dynamic of, of air shows. Irony being Shuttleworth was actually the first show I did that was shot entirely at 160th. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't change the dial at all on that one, just changing the <laughs> aperture. 
so that yeah, that was an interesting one. There was a lot of deleted photos. <laughs> yeah, well, tell me about. It. I've just, I've just, I went to Shuttleworth's uh, season premiere on Sunday, and I've literally it's Friday now, so five days since the show, and I've literally only just finished going through all the photos that I took that day. And of about three and a half thousand, I ended up with about three hundred and thirty that were sharp. So. I wasn't I wasn't brave enough to do the whole show at one sixtieth of a second. I'll be honest, but I did go down to one twentieth at one point for uh, a full oh. disc on a yak, which was quite nice. Um, nice. So I was quite proud of that one. Yeah, um, but the rest of the time I was between sort of one one hundredth and one two hundredth, so <laughs> I wasn't uh, quite so brave. Well, to be honest, with you, it's, not, it's not even about bravery; it's what you're willing to risk. Really, uh, you know, yeah. if a lot of the times if you shoot something the first time, you bump that shutter up. I sort of went to the first show and just thought, you know, to hell with it. I'll give it a go, see what happens. That's <laughs> <laughs> it. And yeah, came across with some, some nice ones, uh, some very, very blurry ones in the process as well. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about it. I've just, I've just thrown away 3,100 blurry ones. <laughs> uh, it's all good fun. It's all good fun. Um, ben, have you got the next one? Yeah. So um, obviously, as. And alluded to earlier, uh, when we introduced you, obviously uh, initially you're from Wales, but you're now residing in uh, in the mighty USA. So uh, you know you're not going into personal if you don't need to. But um, how did this all come about? How did you uh, find about moving across, and what are you aiming to get out when you're over there? Well, I've not exactly made it any secret on my social media, <laughs> um, as everyone will probably attest to that. Um, but now my my now wife. Um, it still feels weird saying that. Uh, my wife is from uh, Michigan. Uh, met her some, through some mutual friends back in 2017. And we sort of decided that, you know, obviously long distance isn't going to work. So one of us has to make the move. Um, so yeah, I took the the jump and the leap on that one and hop, skip and a jump across the pond. <laughs> uh, it's been a long process. Anyone who's sort of been anywhere personally close to me with, with it knows the road that we've been on from uh, you know the paperwork, dealing with attorneys, dealing with embassy visits, dealing with COVID as well. Sorry to keep bringing it up, man. <laughs> no, it's fine, mate. It's fine. We've, we've all been through it, haven't we? It's, uh... Yeah. Uh, but yeah, finally, I think it was last September I got the okay that the embassy had our application. That was to go for an interview. A two-year wait basically came into a here's your visa, off you go. And both like, oh crap, we better get things <laughs> sorted. <laughs> so yeah, it's been uh, it's been a roller coaster. It's been a roller coaster of emotions as well uh, going through it. It's been it's that weird sort of the anxiety of making such a big move, going to a country you don't you feel like you know it, but you don't really know it. You know, if you go on vacation, it's completely different to living in that place. Um, but yeah, you know. Unfortunately, leaving my parents, um, leaving my friends, you know, from all over in the UK and just checking things off my list that I really wanted to do back in the UK before moving as well. Um, it's It's been a whirlwind um, stuff doing, you know, we did our last low level trip, didn't we? Well, our first <laughs> joint one anyway, and that was a yeah. frustrating one. It was a hell of a way to end it. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> you'll you'll never see twenty eight strike eagles pulling out a low level in front of you in big fog ever again. So, no, <laughs> and experience. you scream in what weather? <laughs> Hashtag what weather? <laughs> Hashtag what weather? Yeah, we'll put that yeah. on. The, we'll put that on the socials later so everyone can see. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Because that that was that's like the the pinpoint memory of me it was just you screaming what weather after listening to the scanner. 
<laughs> well, for, the, for those listening that aren't aware, we, uh, we we arranged to go up to the Macloop, and we we were we were lucky in some respects. It wasn't a blank. We had uh, plenty of stuff from RAF Valley coming through. Um, we also had twenty eight Strike Eagles uh, turn up. Unfortunately, <laughs> they turned up exactly when all the fog and mist and cloud, low cloud rolled through the part of the loop that we were stood at. So every time that they were about to come around the corner and we had cameras ready, lenses primed, they all pulled up and went vertical and climbed out and said, oh, we can't do anything. Until the last four ship came round and all of this aforementioned fog and mist and low cloud had cleared out of the valley and we were like, yes, it's finally going to happen. And for whatever reason, I'm sure he's a great pilot, but the flight lead of the uh, Seymour Johnson four ship decided he was going to pull out as well because there was too much weather in the in the valley, <laughs> <laughs> which left me screaming, "What weather?" <laughs> so uh, it, it, it was entertaining. <laughs> it, yeah, it was a good day. Eh? It was a good laugh, wasn't it, mate? <laughs> uh, up until I like broke my backside on the way down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah there's there's always that risk when you go up to the loop in january it's a bit damp a bit slippery and a bit <laughs> yeah a bit, uh that, some that, sharp edges put it that way that hurt for a good four <laughs> weeks afterwards i'm not gonna lie <laughs> but yeah it was you know it was good to you know those those type of memories you, you can't buy you know no just you know anyone can stand on a hill on their own but if you do it with friends it's it's that much more enjoyable and yeah, to be honest, if I'd gone up on my own, I probably would have given up halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, see, other people around you can sort of give you the motivation. And I think that ties in nicely mm-hmm. to what you were saying earlier about, um, obviously, uh, the community. Obviously, you see uh, photos from different places, whether it's air shows, uh, low level, um, mm-hmm. base visits, whatnot. It, it gives you the spark of inspiration or motivation to get out there and do something similar. And I think that, I think that's one of the uh, the strongest sort of attributes of the aviation photography community on um, Instagram and Facebook um, is that everyone's sort of pushing each other forward a little bit more, and I think that's great. Yeah, no, that's 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 great. And going back to Spartan community, um, not so much military, but in the civil world, you know, uh, one of the groups I was in, I actually said that I was emigrating, and if anyone could get any photos of the flight that I was going out on, um, whether they could get any photos. And lo and behold, a couple of people that were on that social media actually got photos of, of the plane that I took off on. So I'm hoping at some point to be able to sort of frame one of those images with, uh, you know, my, my ticket to go as a sort of a, a memento. As, uh, That's pretty as cool. You would. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's, uh, as much as people, you know, talk about Facebook, the bad side of it, there are good things, you know. Definitely. I wouldn't be able to keep in touch with my family my friends back home and, and equally, you know, stuff like that wouldn't happen. Um, so you sort of take the good with the bad as you do with everything. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's a Facebook and Instagram. They've got their bad sides, but <clears throat> they've got their good sides. And leading on from that, that's kind of how Avgeeks was formed. Mm. It was formed through Instagram, through, uh, you know, a couple of guys wanting to go and meet up on a base visit. And lo and behold, two years later, we're, we're where we are now and yeah. you know, that's how that's how we met rob you know we've met a couple of times at duxford and uh at the fence at fairford yeah we won't <laughs> go into that one though ben <laughs> <laughs> yeah Not that was that a side joke <laughs> that was a that was another long day you know with, it really uh, really was yeah uh, 
Yeah, uh, I, I think that was when I came back from the Shackleton run as well, wasn't it? Yes, yes, I do remember that. I, yeah, I missed the damn landing on that one. It was just really annoying because I literally pulled in the, like, I think it was Lechlade, which is like the next village mm. up from Fairford, and I saw the B1s break over Lechlade for the for the break-in, and I was like, oh, man, I just needed yeah. five more minutes. <laughs> but, hey, <laughs> ho, just, you know, you win and you lose, isn't it? It's, uh, it. it's always a one such yeah, is the life of uh, an aviation photographer. It's always like <laughs> chasing, chasing a plane or chasing the light or chasing something yeah. in between. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to make you all jealous on this one because one of the full disc guys is at Savannah in Georgia. Nice. Oh, and nice. he has photographed the F-117 that was there. Oh, so, yeah. Well, yeah. One, of the guys that, one of the guys that we follow... Um, uh, G Fontana seven six seven. I think he's caught yeah. the F one one seven down there, and he's literally broke the internet with his reels and his uh, <laughs> yeah. and his photos yeah. from there. It's just it's just literally seeing it reposted about a million times, which is great. Yeah. I mean, um, but it's just uh, it's amazing to see him out in the world again, isn't it? Not not that we're all no, for sure at all. <laughs> oh, I'm, no, yeah. I'm totally no jealous jealousy at all. No, no, je- no jealousy whatsoever. <laughs> well. Rob, at least you're in the same country as it. You could you could quite easily hop in a car and go and go and chase it down. Whereas it's a bit more difficult for me and Ben. <laughs> I mean, you you say that I'd have to rent a car because trying to find a, <laughs> a used vehicle at the moment is proving impossible. But you know, hey, oh, well, yeah, if, you, if you, you drove vehicle. from Shackleton to Fairford, so I mean, it's possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's the one thing I'm going to find weird is driving any sort of distance around here is that you can drive for a stupid amount of hours and, and not feel completely exhausted after the end of it. <laughs> yeah, that, I think that's probably one thing that we've got in the UK, isn't it? We could drive yeah. for two hours and you get from one side of the country to the other pretty much and you've uh, arrived at your destination, whereas you could probably drive for 20 hours where you are right now and not get anywhere near a coastline. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I... I I'm not going to lie, when I heard the F-117s were in Savannah, I kind of Googled how far it is, and it would be a 13-hour drive. <laughs> 13? <laughs> I'd do that easily. Yeah. I know, but it's, it's the cost of having to hire a car then and, and get down yeah. there and whatnot. But yeah, and I, I'm, I've still not been able to suss out how, how sort of strict spotting is in, in the US, because you know, I don't, from the lack of images from certain uh, airfields, I'm not sure if it's a done thing. <laughs> so that's it. It's uh, it's a different world, yeah. isn't it? Unfortunately, we've I've heard lots of stories about spotting in the US, and some bases are really fine with it, other bases are not so fine with it, and you've got to tread a little bit more carefully, I think, than you do in the UK. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, so we now know how your American adventure started, and and by the way, congratulations on on uh, getting married and. Uh, thank you very much yeah i saw the photo so it looks like you both had a great day so well done um, yeah, I, I, I polish up okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you want <laughs> when i want yeah when you want to that's it so what's uh what's the future then um for yourself uh, over there i mean obviously um it's early doors at the moment you've only been over there a few months but like what, what do you see uh what do you see yourself getting up to over there in terms of your uh aviation photography and whatnot what have you got any plans in place yet uh i've got a few shows i'm hoping to do um i've got flights booked for uh world war ii weekend in pennsylvania in reading um that's a sort of whole massive world war ii get together so there'll be quite a lot of warbirds there 
Um, there's going to be a massive amount of reenactors as well, so I'm hoping to take the uh, the film camera as well for that one. Um, and the one that's I've always wanted to do since I learned about it is Oshkosh. I'm doing that at the end of July, hopefully. Uh, don't make that face, then. Oshkosh is so at the top of my list of, of air shows that I want to do. It's mm. just yeah, amazing. Like, and I've only seen it through through YouTube and instagram and that and i just think it looks amazing so top of my list of shows in america that i want to do when i eventually get over there to to go so uh yeah can't wait to see what you get there to be honest yeah hopefully it's uh it's gonna be a few days and it's gonna be exhausting i know that much um but you know hopefully i come out with something i've got a few things on the list to look for um what i want to photograph as well so i'm hoping that i can nail a lot of that list out um, the F100 being one of them, so Ooh, that'll be interesting. Yeah, yes. yeah, very nice. How many yeah. how many days are you going for? Because it's 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 obviously quite a long um, show, isn't it? It goes on for about seven or eight days, if I'm not mistaken. Something ridiculous like that. Yeah. So I'm <laughs> meeting up with a few of the guys um, from uh, Full Disc Aviation, a couple of other people as well. Um, I'm going from 26th to 31st, so. But from what I heard, because obviously the night shows as well, it's basically mm. right through. <laughs> <laughs> you can have a lot of memory cards at the end of that, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I might have to get some more. <laughs> I'm still waiting for my plane tickets to come through from Rob to, to go over to uh, to Washkosh, but postal service <laughs> is quite bad at the moment, so... Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I'm gonna have to start earning some big bucks to send you a ticket on that one, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Just make sure you get a ticket return and not one way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Because Rob's not putting you up. <laughs> oh, Going on when you were saying about you've got shots in your head and all that, I I do it when I go to like some night shoots or if I know that it's going to be a static. Do you? plan your shots like do you sit there in your head a couple of days before and go right well i want to get you know for example if it's a tornado you want to go right i want to get a dead head-on shot and then i want to get a side shot and get one a bit lower do you do that or do you just go as the day goes and go let's go for that i i mean i wish i was that organized to be honest Ben, but i can't, <laughs> can't say that i have <laughs> no i mean you know whenever you do these especially if you keep doing them you sort of get the usual head, like shots that you'll go for for an aircraft, whether it's the low down, side on, that sort of thing. Head ons, I've got to like the aircraft for that. Some of them look okay, some of them just look too small. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's it's not something I sort of plan out. I've done a few enough, sort of enough of them now that I know the sort of thing to look at. But I'll I'll get there. I'll see what the lighting situation is, and then try and get you know take a walk around, have a look at it, and have a look what other people are doing as well. Um, mm. uh, and if there's something that takes you fancy on taking a shot, then take that shot. Um, probably the biggest change I've done was using the Ashika uh, to do film of the Shackleton run. Um, and using a shutter release on that is a lot different from the digital one because you've got to press it and keep it held down and sort of count in your head how long that takes, um, which is it's bizarre because you don't really get the feedback from the digital clicker. So you think you've clicked it, um, there were one or two that came out really dark that I did um, and hadn't left it on for long enough. Um, but yeah, hopefully um, I could do a few more of those with, with the Ashika as well as digital in future. But I mean, you know, the more you do things, the more that you'll get used to it and what you're looking for. Um, but I'd say 
the biggest thing that attracts me to a night shoot is probably what the subject matter is. Um, I did a, a threshold shoot in White Waltham, I think it was. And they were only meant to have, I think it was a tornado airframe done in desert storm colors. Um, and I think they said it was meant to be a, an ME 108, I think it was. And it turned out those two were there. We also had a hurricane turn up. Uh, we had a, an Alouette 3 turn up as well. <laughs> so all these things started turning up. And we were like, oh, crap. Um, so, you know, certain ones, you just don't know what's going to turn up. Mm. You don't know what's going to run. You don't know what's going to... So, I mean, you guys have done enough night shoots that you're probably on the same boat. You just don't know what's going to turn up today. Well, yeah. that's that's one of the good things with um, with Threshold Aero, as, as far as I'm concerned. They, they do a very good job of putting on um enough airframes to suit the sort of size of the crowd that shows up um mm-hmm. i mean i did cosford a couple of weeks ago um which was more of a golden hour shoot than an actual night shoot because we only really had about 20 minutes at the end where everyone's scuttling around <laughs> trying to take shots of, <laughs> of airframes with spotlights on just as it went dark <laughs> enough to actually actually see them um nice. but no it was it was still it was still a really well run night shoot and they always, for me, they all, every time I've been, they always put like a surprise um, airframe in there. So there was a there was a gazelle um, at the Cosford one. We weren't expecting a gazelle that wasn't on the list as far as I was aware, anyway. So it was nice to to have a surprise. I think when we did the Yeovilton one back in October, there was a there was a Harrier there that no one was yes. expecting. Yeah. Um, and I'm pretty sure um, me and Ben did a, a night shoot um, actually in one of the hangars at Cosford a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, and obviously it was just I think it was just mentioned Tonkers. Um, no, it was it was it was um, Jaguars and Tonkers. But there was there was all the other bits and bobs in there that they were working on. They said so there was a Hawk T1. There was um, yeah. there was Stripe a Jet Provost, a Strike Master. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. yeah. Um, so there was all sorts going on in there, but it's, a, I think it's a, a bit of a calling card for threshold mm. that they, um, they always, they always seem to produce a little bit of a surprise that no one was expecting, which is for me. And I think for, for most people who show up, it's always a welcome thing. Definitely. So, um, obviously, uh, obviously people can't see, uh, what we can see as we're recording this as an audio podcast now, but, um, uh, behind you, there is, uh, the, the mighty Tomcat, <laughs> um so you've obviously got out to a few museums already um what's it like over there the museums because uh looking from far away they look amazing (laughs) yeah i mean um so i've done i think three aviation museums now um one was the yankee air museum in uh, ypsilanti uh, just outside of detroit and the other one was uh the Kalamazoo Air Zoo, which is in Kalamazoo, Michigan as well. Um, and really the Kalamazoo one came about, um, the wife felt kind of bad. Yankee Air Museum is kind of small. It's not a huge, it's not a huge one. They do great, but tragically they um, lost, I think it was one of their main hangars to fire a few years ago. Um, they managed to get out the flying aircraft, which is really good, and a few other bits and bobs, but you know all the sort of exhibits that were more stationary uh, unfortunately went up with the hangar um so they've had to resort to going into quite a lot of smaller premises for that um quite small um but worth checking out you know they're building a new hangar now for all their flying exhibits 
And I think they'll be moving some of the static airframes from the smaller area into this new one as well. Um, it's just great to see that sort of development that they've they've gone through to sort of recover. Um, they did originally want to use the World War II hangar there because it was um, it's known as Willow Run Airport. And any of you history buffs out there um, might recognize the name that um, it was the sole Ford factory to build B-24s in Michigan and actually turned out to be one of the biggest factories. Um, and this was the only hangar that was still of the original like assembly line for those B-24s that was still av- sort of available. Um, unfortunately, not that long ago, the airport basically said that no one is conducting airport ops from that side of the airfield. So it's kind of pushed them into a corner where they've got to go, well, crud, we've not got this hangar now. We're going to have to build one on the opposite side of the airport. Um, which is a shame because, you know, having that history of having one hangar from World War II would have been awesome to, for that set and having, you know, B-24s being built there. Um, mm. But hey, how this, you know, you can't stop businesses sometimes or the authorities. Uh, so, yeah, it's it was really nice. And Kalamazoo is just something else. It, the different aircraft they got, you know, they've got the F-14 as well. They've got A7s, F8s, um, Basics Intruders. Uh, God, what else? There's an SR-71 in there, which was really good. And the steps going up so you can sort of see into the cockpit. Um, nice. Yeah, and it's just incredible. They've got a separate hangar then for all their restoration work. And I, you know, I've shown you guys a few shots of the F-117 that's in there at the moment mm. being being restored. Um, so when that's done, that's going to be pretty amazing. But I'm not entirely sure where they're going to put it. <laughs> they're fast running out of space. So, yeah. Uh, you as know, long as they don't suspend one. it from the sea, then you'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, don't do that. If, if they put it in near the SR-71, suspended from the sea, and it's quite a dark area of the uh, <laughs> yeah. museum, so it'd be a bit uh, a bit bad for photography and not that much. Um, yeah. But the most recent one that I went to. Um, was the MAPS Aviation Museum just down in Akron, uh, Ohio. Um, so one of the things me and the wife try to do when we can sort of get out for a road trip is we'll do something aviation related for me and then it's usually for a zoo for, for her then, for the wildlife. Um, you know, usual Google Google search turned that up. I didn't really know what to expect, um, but sort of turned up there. Uh, Unfortunately, they were putting an event on for the next night, um, which meant that the hangar was completely devoid of aircraft. They pushed them all outside, um, <laughs> all their exhibits, and which was great in another way because you had all this natural light. Nothing was sort of squashed in in a really bad area. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And although they put uh, barriers up all around these aircraft, uh, talking to one of the guys there subsequently, they said, oh, yeah, we don't normally have them there. If you need to move them, move them. And I sort of oh. just got taken aback by it because, like, <laughs> you you and I know that moving barriers in a museum is just something that you're not allowed to do back in the UK. <laughs> well, even at an air show, if you, you know, like we've done Duxman before and we've done React before, you kind of, like, step over the, the wire, the rope, just a tiny bit, just so you don't have it in there. And you get someone going, all right, get the other side. And it's like, oh, I'm not going to yeah. run and jump onto it. I just want to get that clean shot. But... Yeah, so you're either shooting below it or above it, or like you said, yeah. trying to sort of push past it. You know, yeah, and it was great because it, it just cleared up some shots. I mean, you've seen seen the one of the F eighty six that I've got and the F eighty four. 
when I got there, there were two massive barriers there, plus the placard that gives you the information on the airframes. And I could move them 10 feet back to get rid of them in the shot. Nice. So me and <laughs> me and the wife are there just picking up these these fence uh, pieces, just walking them off like that, and then taking photos and then putting them back. And it was just incredible to be able to to be allowed to do that, let alone, you know, take a clean photo at, at a museum. Um, but yeah, I, one of the great things that I didn't know about that museum is right next to um, an army army national guard base for Blackhawks and Chinooks, and that that usual iconic sound from a Chinook. You you know, as soon as you hear it, you know what it is, don't you? Yeah. So I'm stood there, and I'm looking up, trying to work out where it's coming from, and then this Chinook comes in from behind the hangar like that, does a complete circle. Uh, to come back around onto the runway like that, and we'd only just left the museum. I, you know, I had my twenty-four to one hundred five on. As soon as I heard it, I thought, "Shit!" I ran back to the jeep, opened <laughs> up. It was the quickest lens change you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> <laughs> and I ended up then like running to, to a spot that I could take photos of it coming in, and that came in, and I was like, "Holy shit, that was great." And then I wanted to go back around the museum just with the Yushika to do some film work. And of course, I leave the camera in the Jeep and I hear another helicopter. I think, oh, it sounds like it could be a Halimed or something like that. And I look up and it was a Halimed, right? But it was a, a Blackhawk Halimed with, you know, <laughs> pylons, extra fuel tanks. Brilliant. And I'm not going to repeat the expletive that came out of my <laughs> mouth from, from that one. Um, but yeah. And then about two minutes later, I get a text off the wife basically saying, don't worry, I got a shot of it. And I looked <laughs> yeah. around and I thought, oh crap, she's actually picked up the camera and fair play to her, she's got something in focus for it because I left it on 160th, the Chinook. And to be able to pick up a camera like that with not you know, an unfamiliar camera and lens at that and take a photo that is actually usable is just phenomenal. Even I screw up at 160th and I know that camera. <laughs> so, so, you know, she's... She's a keeper. That's for you've sure. You've picked a good in there, mate. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I think I'm definitely going to have to trade mine in. We had a going on a bit of a tangent. We had a typhoon that was coming in to do a, a practice dive at our local airport, Bristol. And I was at work, and I seen it was coming. And I said to the missus, I said, right, you're at home. Grab the camera. I went through all the settings, FaceTimed it. Yeah, make sure it's on this. Yeah. <laughs> Take a few test shots. Make sure you're happy. So, you know, <laughs> Ryanair was coming in. She got a nice crisp shot of that. Typhoon came in. And well, it just looked like someone had smudged the screen. I was absolutely gutted. And the, the shot after was another crisp Ryanair, and I was like, "I think we, we yeah. might be stumb- we might be stumbling across a new genre of aviation photography. It's like aviation photography by delegation. Like, can we get the wife at home to take a photo for us whilst we're at work, or or sounds like a competition? <laughs> oh dear, brilliant." Yeah, uh, but, you know, um, the great thing about us doing these road trips is that it, we sort of, A, get out for, you know, for a road trip, get, get that break. But you discover a lot of weird sort of museums or zoos in, in the process, because whether I'll say, oh, I want to go to such and such museum, or she goes, I want to go to such and such zoo. The other one then does the sort of Googling to find out what's in the local vicinity. Um Subsequently, uh, she was told about uh, Atlanta Aquarium, I think it is, and this thing looks huge. But I did a Google of, um, I think it was one museum, and 
Oh god, I can't remember. The... I think it's near one of the bases down there, which flies. I think C fives and C seventeens and Herks. But they've got everything from like EC one twenty ones, KC one thirty fives in this museum, and it's just like, how the hell are you going to get around in that much time? Because there's a lot to see. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Boneyard would be one of them, but they've stopped the tours, I think, from that, which is really annoying. Yeah, oh. yeah I did see that. I was a bit gutting. That was on my list of things to do eventually. <laughs> of course, they've stopped it. Mm. So going from air shows and museums, obviously you've had a taste of low flying in the UK. Are you planning a trip to go and do some low flying in the States? Obviously not you personally going low flying. Um, <laughs> I wish I could for? go personally. <laughs> <laughs> um, the low level stuff I've I've still got to suss out. Um, I know that the full disc guys have one down in Virginia somewhere, so I'd like to do that. But it's quite a distance, so I don't know if I could drive it in enough time, uh, whether they get enough of a heads up that's happening, I'm not sure. Mm. Um, I'd like to do that. Um, I've heard from a few other people doing some of the other low level pieces. Um, some of the hikes are a little bit sketchy in some places <laughs> from what I've heard. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I'm not sure about that. I would have loved to have done Star Wars Canyon, but of course that that's been binned off since that tragic accident. God knows mm. how many years ago it was now. It feels, it doesn't feel like that long ago, but I know it was a, it was pre pandemic, wasn't it? I think yeah. it was 2019, wasn't it? I think. Yeah. When it happened, so, so. Yeah, it's three years now, but yeah. yeah. So it might happen, you know. If it might not. It depends what what's going on. Um, what I'd like to do is I know that the A10 is based in Selfridge here in Detroit. Uh, fly up to I think it's called Malpina or something like that, and there's a, an army sort of couple of ranges where they do a lot of the sort of training. Um, and there is a range up there, the A10s, so I would like to get up there, but I don't know how accessible it is for c- civilians. Mm. Um, but yeah, A10s low level. Oh Take yeah, any day. Let's let's <laughs> let's not mention A10s at the moment, in the, especially with the UK. <laughs> I'm not sure if you're aware, Rob, but uh, yeah, we had 12 A10s coming across the pond yesterday. I think it was, and basically everyone in the UK lost their shit from an aviation point of view, thinking they were coming to Lake Eneef. So uh, they yeah, haven't turned I, up at Lake Eneef, uh, just so everyone's aware, but um, there's, there's they rumors that they the, could at some Eastern point. Europe, <laughs> at the, yeah, at the time they, of recording, they haven't turned up at yeah, Lake Yeah, that's Eneef. it. At the, t- the time of recording, they, they didn't arrive at Lake Eneef, but um, yeah. there's, there's plenty of rumours abound that they will eventually, but we'll see. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Well, you never know. I mean... Didn't the A10 demo team they self-confirmed for Rhea, did they? Uh, yes. Yes. So um yeah, that they're gonna be part of the uh heritage flight um with the F thirty five A. So yeah, um you would you would think if they were here they're gonna do their own sort of uh solo display as well. Um it would yeah. seem like a no brainer, so fingers crossed. Well it would make um, sense because if they're gonna go on deployment to, you know, outer reaches and on their way back sort of thing you know like the the viper team did was borrow one of the aircraft from somewhere in, in country hopefully yeah. they don't break an a10 though <laughs> <laughs> i think they're a bit more robust than vipers i might be i might be stoking a fire there but <laughs> yeah that's for sure <laughs> yeah i'm pretty sure an a10 can't go as fast as an f-16 <laughs> No, there is oh, that. Yeah, there is that. There is that. That's probably why they're a little bit more robust. Yeah. But there we go, Rob. Not... There's a question for you. Does a does an A10 use afterburn? No. 
Um, so yeah, so brilliant. I mean, I think we've covered uh, quite quite a lot of the questions that we had. Have you, uh, Rob? Have you got any questions you you've got for us or want to ask us? Or I was just gonna. I mean, I know, and you're going to react. I'm guessing. Yes. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've at the moment got booked the Thursday arrivals day and Saturday show day. I am toying with the idea of trying to get a ticket for departures as well, but <laughs> I don't want to risk uh, my own World War Three at home. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I mean, having done departures, I, I would recommend it. But I, I used to do it from the free at te- uh, grandstand, so it was yeah. you know things were off the ground, taken off by that point. Um, and the problem you've got with the other park and view, I think you're either down where they're taxiing onto the runway, which is okay for certain shots, um, but you're only getting the tailpipes then when they take off. Yeah. And, you know, the opposite end then, they, depending on how they take off, whether it's aggressively or not, they'll end up being either way above you or like the helicopters do, they get halfway down the runway and then turn off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's probably uh, that's probably it, definitely. But no, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I can't uh, can't wait for can't wait for Rhea. I'm pretty sure you're going as well, aren't you, Ben? You've, uh... Uh, yeah, I've I've managed to speak with the boss and uh, <laughs> go go for the Wednesday and Thursday arrivals. Come come back home and make peace, and then go back out again on the Saturday and the Monday for departures. Oh, he's got four days nice. in the book. Yes, nice. I've got four four days booked. So yeah, he's trying not to miss those tornadoes arriving from Germany. Oh. That's what it is. After after last year's shenanigans of us trying to do the tornado trip and it all yeah. going Pete Tong because of COVID and then, but uh, yeah, so seeing people getting the Tonkas a couple of weeks ago as well uh, for Fresh and Flag was just uh, i was like oh i just need to see some before they get retired <laughs> and then yeah that's it the, the the german air force announced that they're bringing some tonkas over and the um ch53 and that i was like yes yeah the fifth <laughs> the 53 i would love to see because I, I love the uh the dark green on those um but yeah it'll be great to see what you guys get from that show uh mm. from that you know I will be in Thunder over Michigan on those days, but I, I will be also jealous because, you know, Rhea for me was like a staple for, for God knows mm-hmm. about most of my life. So yeah, I'll be the first year that I don't actually go when it's on. And uh, I don't know whether my dad's going to go. Usually he was the one who took me. Uh, we'd end up camping for a couple of, couple of days, usually the week, but he's probably relieved that he doesn't have to do a week of aviation and early starts. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, it. The risk, definitely. That's what we all do. We all do that. <laughs> definitely. So, speaking of shows with you guys, have you got anything else planned? Is it Cosford? Any of you guys doing? Or? I'm. Yeah, I've got Cosford booked in. Yeah, um, I've still got my ticket from 2020 that uh, uh, that they better honour when I drive up to the gate, <laughs> which they said that they would. Um, yeah, looking forward to Cosford. They've announced some amazing. Um, mm. Jets, uh, fast jets, uh, Hungarian Gripen, um, Belgian F-16. Uh, Rafale. Rafale as well, yeah. So as well as the Typhoon display as well. So it's, it's um, yeah, fast fast jet central at Cosford this year. It's uh, it's amazing for an airfield that doesn't have a long enough runway, really. <laughs> yeah, <it's>, um, <laughs> Shawbury will be busy just up the road where they normally land yeah. all the jets. So, uh, yeah. yeah, that might be worth a visit the day before and the day after. Should be good, yeah. And I've got pl- plenty of uh, plenty of different shows. I mean, I'm going to the first Duxford Flying Day tomorrow, so 
got uh, everything charging behind me for uh, <laughs> all the batteries and everything on charge for tomorrow. So, yeah. <laughs> what about you, Ben? What have you got planned in this year as well as uh, React? Um, well, I finally, after a year of waiting, got my air-to-air next Saturday, which I'm yes. absolutely buzzing about. It's been a year. I think, yeah, just about a year in the in the making. Oh, you've still not done um, that? <laughs> no, no. Down to down to no one's fault of their own. It went from the hurricane going tech to uh, the weather, and then they cancelled the dual fighter, and then it went to this date, then it was that date. So, yes, fingers crossed, next Saturday I will be air to air with the Spitfire. I cannot wait. Everything's um, crossed for you, mate. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> All <laughs> this, I am. think. Cheers, chaps. Um, what else? Uh, React, Cosford. Western Air Show, which is my local beach air show, at the moment is on on the tender hooks because everything that's been announced doesn't include Western. So there's no Typhoon display, there's no Chinook no. display. Um, at the moment, I think it's only the Red Arrows and the BBMF that have uh, have confirmed. So that'd be a short display then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll be a very and they gone. Um, yeah. uh, hopefully, going to try and do Bournemouth again because. Although the weather was the weather was okay last year, um, apart from the sea mist constantly being there, um, and then mm. obviously the unfortunate accident with the uh, with the wing walkers. Oh yeah, I forgot um, about that. Yes, um, hopefully that'll be a, a good show, um, and then maybe a couple of spotting trips at, at, at bases, um, and that's about it. Really, might try and get to Duxville a couple of times for. For their flying days because they were they were a lifesaver last year because although there was yeah. not a lot of fast jets it was just getting the aviation fix and getting the the warbird fix as well and yeah some yeah. of the stuff they put out was just that, brilliant that last duxford uh flying day that we did which was what october time or whatever it was yeah it was the first week in october yeah it was a great show yeah get, getting the typhoon in as sort of the last one of the year and Getting the, the Lancaster because I think that was like its first appearance for God knows how long. Yeah, um, yeah. For me, it was pretty much one of my highlights before before emigrating because you know <laughs> it was nice to see that Lancaster again. Um, but yeah, I mean, hopefully I'll see the Canadian one at some point. <laughs> That's not far from yeah. you, or is it still quite a trek for you to get up to see it? Well, the Canadian border is only about like forty minutes away, but at the moment, until I get my uh, sort of permanent residency card. I can't actually leave the US <laughs> without causing oh, no. issues coming back. <laughs> so, well, yeah, at least the I US guess. is quite big. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I've got plenty to see in that time at the moment. So, it's not yeah, like I you got... can find to Wales. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a bit tough. It's a beautiful yeah. country, but there's not a lot of aviation going on. No. I've, I've had just as much snow as I had rain back home. I've got to be honest. <laughs> so it's like you've never left home, really. <laughs> yeah, basically. But no, it's you know, I'm looking forward to photographing new things, trying out the new sort of thing of going to different air shows. Um whether I'll get not bored, but you know, I, I think one of the issues with US air shows is that because it's obviously isolated from a lot of what we get back in Europe. Uh, you know, once you've seen an F18 or F15, you've kind of seen them all, you know. So mm. That's the only thing I'm sort of worried about. But the biggest thing for me at the moment is probably going to be the Warbird scene because, you know, there's so many aircraft over here yes. that 
I'll I'll have never seen back in the UK. So yeah, I'm looking forward to Thunder over Michigan. Should be a, a massive one. Um, the lineup there is looking absolutely ridiculous at the moment. Uh, but yeah, I've got so it was World War Two weekend. So I think then is followed by. I think Battle Creek have got their air show on the weekend after that. Then is Selfridge Open Day, which is a free air show, which I'll never have done before, which is amazing. <laughs> nice. um, then it'll be Thunder Over Michigan. Um, I f- think the weekend of Riyadh. And then I get a bit of a break between that weekend <laughs> and then end up in Oshkosh <laughs> for about a week. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, it's going to be, I think July is going to be a busy month for me. And whether I'll get any editing done is another thing (laughs) (laughs) yeah just lots of full memory cards (laughs) pretty much yeah hopefully i don't lose any (laughs) yeah don't do that yeah you have to get like a little uh safe for them or something like that (laughs) carry them around well it sounds like it sounds like you've got a hell of a lot planned this year already and uh a lot of it's making me very jealous (laughs) (laughs) yes i think i think the problem i'm gonna have is that it's gonna be like beginning of june there's going to be a gap all of july is going to be busy and then i don't know what else i'm going to do after that plenty of editing that's for sure oh good stuff mate good stuff well it's been good to uh it's been good to catch up with you mate and uh good to yeah, it's been uh, great. hear about your early experiences over there in the uh over that side of the pond and i'm sure we'll have you on again uh at some point in the future to sort of catch up with your adventures over there and see how things are going. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Yeah, and I'll say good. if anyone, anyone's listened to this, if they're going to be to any of those shows, give me a shout because I won't know anyone there. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's it. He needs to build up a community over there, don't he? <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Everyone, everyone of our uh, stateside listeners, look up uh, Rob Griffith's uh, aviation photography on uh, Facebook or YouTube. In fact, Instead of me giving the handle, we might as well segue straight into our handles. Rob, you give your own handle and I won't cock it up. <laughs> That's all right. So, yeah, I mean, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram as uh, Robert Griffiths Photography. Um, and that's G R I double F I T H S. Because I know there's, <laughs> I get a few issues over here in the States with the surname. Um, I think on Twitter, I'm R. Uh, uh rig photography someone already stole my name apparently before that <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then my own website again is uh, robertgriffithsphotography.com so yeah if uh, by all means check it out and uh, drop me a message if you need to know anything or want to find out where i am or what i'm doing or, or want to say that i'll meet up with you at an air show whilst whilst now you're over here <laughs> yeah no abuse, Ben. <laughs> oh, would I do such a thing? No, not at all. <laughs> go on in, Ben. Your turn, mate. I'll let you go next. Um, so Facebook and uh, Instagram for me is uh, Ben underscore aviation underscore photography. Um, I do post onto Twitter, but you know it just gets lost in the ether of the garbage is on twitter so well hopefully yeah. elon will save that and uh it will make it better so that <laughs> aviation photography is one of the the, the, the top algorithm hits <laughs> i think maybe we should uh as a, a aviation community push for him to come out of a slogan like trump did with let's make america great again let's make aviation photography great again that's it 
That's it. Definitely. I don't know. He doesn't like that kid that's been tracking his plane, does he? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, in that case, then, banned. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Uh, and you can find me uh, as Anthony underscore Fogarty underscore Aviation on Instagram. Um, I think you can find me on Facebook under that same name as well because I post to both. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much me. We are missing one page as well. Oh, go on in. Go on in. Do we, are, do we have we to are... plug the group? <laughs> Well, yeah, you got to plug the group. I suppose, I suppose it'd be better. <laughs> yeah, why not? As soon as it's called the Have Geeks Assemble podcast. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure that the wise leader is listening to this, so he would uh, yeah, that's almost it. boot us out of it quick enough. But that's it. yeah, um, Have Geeks Assemble on, uh, I think we were on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. TikTok. Um, <laughs> All TikTok, of the above. YouTube. You, you name it, we're on it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you mind if I plug full disc then on that one? I've no, carry on, mate. That. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, you can you can find full disc aviation as well on Instagram, uh, Facebook. I think we might be on Twitter. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that one. Um, but it's full disc and disc with a C as opposed to a K aviation. You know, we've got a load of interviews there with previous sort of uh, A10 demo teams, the Viper team. Uh, I think we did the Raptor team as well at some point and f35s as well interviews so yeah check it out good stuff mate yeah no uh full disc i've i've been following them for ages um so yeah definitely check them out definitely so yeah uh, like i was just about to say um it's been great to to have you on rob thanks for joining us and uh thanks for the putting up with the uh <laughs> that's fine mate putting up with the uh the time difference shenanigans and uh last minute <laughs> substitutions of people that were going to be on the podcast but no, that's um, fine it's all good. We got there in the end. So, uh, yeah, um, have fun out there. Uh, we we'll look forward to Will seeing your shots and um, keep in touch. And uh, for everyone listening, thanks for listening to the second episode of uh, season two of the Av Geeks Assemble podcast. And we will see you at the fence. See you later, guys. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Av Geeks Assemble podcast. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Av Geeks Assemble.